0: You're listening to the ikra Book Festival 2021, bringing you fresh and innovative content in literature and authorship. Brought to you by the Art and Radio Ramadan 365.
1: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I hope you guys are having as fantastic a time as I am at the Iqra Book Festival. I'd like to say thank you to everyone who's uh, come on before, um, uh, including, of course, all of the uh, authors, the the interviewers, and Alhamdulillah, the compares. And I'll be your compare for this afternoon. My name's David Duncan. And I'm a, a musician and a teacher, and also quite an intense reader at times, too. And so I'm just over the moon to be part of this amazing book festival, alhamdulillah. I don't want to um, talk too much uh, about the upcoming um, section. Uh, We're going to have um, something that will very much speak for itself. Inshallah, I would just like to pass on to um, the um, next person. Uh, we're going to go to a video that will introduce it better than anybody could. So, enjoy.
2: In the 21st century, our leaders have warned us that the greatest threat to humanity in our time will be marked by violent differences between cultures. 100 years ago, a poet philosopher from British India, Muhammad Iqbal, spoke of a more hopeful vision for the future.
3: And Iqbal was the last great flowering of this rich tradition of wisdom poetry in Urdu and in Persian in the Indian environment.
2: Educated in the finest institutions of Europe, yet subjected to colonial rule in India, Iqbal was an inspiration to the people of the subcontinent. Living between worlds, he believed mutual respect for the cultural other was the only way for unity to be achieved. To have somebody like this on our screen as a
3: possibility a hundred years ago is extremely important because it refutes the facile notion of a clash of civilization. It demonstrates both to Americans and Europeans on the one hand, and to people in in Asian Muslim countries on the other hand, that this is not only a possibility, but it's been a part of our world for
2: well over a 100 years. Differences perceived as threatening by some were celebrated in Iqbal's poetry. He believed diversity was the underlying force that sustained our ever-changing world. As an Islamic reformer, Iqbal encouraged Muslims to see the wisdom of the Qur'an as synonymous with advancements in modern science.
3: So the first really important contribution of Iqbal is to speak to folks broadly in the 21st
2: century in the West and to say to them, come back again, We look at science, which you believe is central to modern life. We look at scripture, particularly the Quran, which you may look at as something outside of the modern world. And I'll show you how these two have always been an intimate relationship. Iqbal understood that it was only through our relationships with others that we could begin to see ourselves. He would call the rampant military paranoia of our times a crisis of understanding. We are not making the world safer through imperial or corporate conquest in the name of freedom. In reality, we have waged a war against our own being.
3: It's not a conflict or a clash of civilizations. It is a clash within ourselves too.
2: Iqbal's own life was one full of contradiction. Concerned with the future of India as a whole, he would eventually become credited with the idea of a consolidated Muslim state. Though revered as the national poet and spiritual father of Pakistan, he believed in a broader humanity that transcended the borders of national lines. Who was Muhammad Iqbal? And what was the message he wished would reach people long after his death?
3: He sees himself as an agent of change and that change and the journey starts from within.
0: Many a poet was born after his death, opened our eyes when his own were closed and journeyed forth again from nothingness, like roses blossoming over the earth of his grave.
1: Well Alhamdulillah, this is uh, an introduction to an absolutely fantastic documentary um, and I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with our next um, person about that this last night and that is Dr Basith uh, Amjid and Asalaamu uh, Alaikum Basith, how are alaykum. you? alaikum Asalaam Alhamdulillah, mashallah. I'll hand over to you as I could think of no better hands. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. The, the
3: clip that you've just seen is from the first English language documentary about the lives and times of Lama Iqbal. This documentary was written, uh, produced, and directed by Jeremiah Hammerling, and we are very fortunate that he is here today with us. Uh, Jeremiah is is a two-time Emmy Award-winning filmmaker and co-founder of Endless Eye Film Production Company, which is based in Los Angeles, California. Uh, He graduated from Columbia College in Chicago, where he studied film with an emphasis on documentary filmmaking. His work uses the individual experience to expand on the larger issue of social justice, the human condition, and and the nature of consciousness. Uh, His films have been nationally and internationally broadcast on CNN, PBS, and Al Jazeera, and have been featured in festivals worldwide. Uh, Welcome, Jeremiah. Thanks so much for having me.
4: Yeah, can you guys hear me okay? I just turned my mic on, so I'm making sure the levels are good. It's still early in Los Angeles, so
3: <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. What time is it there in the morning?
4: Uh, it's, it's now its normal hour, it's about 6
3: 45, for me. So, wow, wow, wow. Nice uh, because the sun isn't up yet. <laughs> I was going to say that before we start our discussion, wouldn't it be nice if we maybe perhaps start with uh, some of Iqbal's most well known uh, Nazim, perhaps a few verses from that, and in the voice of then compatible Zia their
4: Absolutely. Let's
0: do that. क्या पूछूँ कि मेरी इत्तिहा क्या है कि मैं में रहता मेरी इंतिहा क्या है खुदी को कर बलंद इतना कि हर तकदीर से पहले बंदे से مقامِ گفتگو کیا ہے اگر میں کینیا करूँ ہوں یہی नफस نفس ہے اور میری क्या کیا ہے نظر آئیں مجھے تقدیر کی उसमें اس میں نہ پوچھائے ہم نشی مجھ سے وہ چشمِ سرما سا کیا ہے اگر فرنگی to Iqbal usko samjata Makani kibriya kya hai. Nawa'i subh gaahi nejjigar khun kar diya mehra. Khudaya jis khata ki saza hai, khata
3: kya hai? Amazing. Um, I, I was going to say that alama Iqbal is arguably the, probably the most important spokesman for Islam in the 20th century. You know your 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 powerful documentary is just so beautifully filmed. You know there is a, it's, it's visually stunning, uh, with with uh, with a with a soundtrack that is so evocative, not just for a bygone age, but for the times we live in. You know it it has gravitas, it has got academic vigor, and it is such an immeasurably worthy of its the subject matter that it it, it brings up. So so tell us Jeremiah why why Iqbal, why Iqbal. I think Jeremiah is, is uh, muted. Can we unmute him, please? Yes,
4: sorry. Can sorry, sorry. Yeah, so first of all, just thank you again for uh, letting me be part of this wonderful festival. Um, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I'm happy to be uh, able to be speaking about Iqbal with you today, because um, yeah, why Iqbal is a good question. Um, obviously, he is, and, and just to mention, uh, and Andrew Edwards was the um, composer who did the original score for the documentary and he's a wonderful musician. And there were a lot of other session musicians that came in to play um, part of the original score. So we were very lucky to have them for that. But uh, in terms of why Iqbal, it's, it's an interesting question and I, uh, something I get I talk about often or get asked rather by some people uh, who were wondering why I was interested uh, in Iqbal in the first place. Um, there are hopefully I think what we'll talk about over the course of the next 45 minutes or so and what we'll indeed look at uh, as we look at clips in the film is uh, hopefully exploring exactly that question. What is uh, the relevance of Iqbal? Why are we Why are we still talking about him today? What are those avenues of his thought that um, that remain so relevant to our times? And uh, just to give you a tiny bit of background and thank you for the introduction Basit as well. Um, I, as you mentioned, I went to film school, so I don't have a background in Islamic studies, but my father uh, is a, was retired now, but was a teacher uh, at the a religion department in a small liberal arts school in Minnesota. Uh, so I grew up in a, in a Christian uh, Lutheran background. My, de- my father was actually a pastor, but because he taught in the religion department, uh, I grew up in a very, uh, very diverse uh, philosophical and religious background. And so we had a lot of discourse going on in the house and we were uh, encouraged to to learn about as as many different types of traditions as possible. And a close family friend, um, who also is named Basit, uh, coincidentally, Basit Koshal, who's also featured in the film. He's also a professor at LUMs in Lahore. Uh, It's like many things in life that turned out to be fortuitous I was still in film school and he had uh, reached out to me and said, I've done these these lectures on this guy named Nick Ball. And of course, at the time, I had no idea who this was. And he said, you know, I'm really looking for help. I need to switch these from VHS to DVD. I know you're in film school. Can you help me out with this? So it was very innocuous in the beginning. And And then we began talking and he was like, well, you know, you might actually like this guy. And at the time I had been reading um, a lot of mystical texts. I was, I'd been getting very into Sufism at the time, which of course Iqbal has a lot to say about. Yes. And uh, one of the things that immediately took me and we'll, we'll dive more into this was um, the first book I got wasn't even actually, um, it was a collection of poetry. So it had, which in, in a way was perfect because it was the, the, the great gateway into a lot of his wonderful works, which of course we know Iqbal, many of us know Iqbal first and foremost as a poet and of course for his beautiful prose as well. And um, so I was i was kind of first introduced to him through, I believe the book was Poems from McBall, but there was selections from Gabriel's Wing and Message from the East and Secrets of the Self and Mysteries of Selflessness. And so it was this you know, wide range of, of uh, selections. And one of the things that jumped out at me right away was this problem in a sense that or the conundrum of what how we what we face as individuals uh just in in life in general but within uh, but specifically within this range of binaries that life seems to throw at us or, or dualities and so one of the things that many people will be familiar with is and we'll talk about more as they read iqbal and listen to him and uh and consider his thinking is that you'll you'll notice that he's constantly speaking uh, and trying to navigate the sort of duality that life presents to us on a daily basis, correct? So if sure. we're thinking about it uh, in, in, in these terms, it's what, well, we have the individual and we have the community or we have the individual in society, we have tradition and then we have this kind of, you know, quote unquote progress or whatever we might wanna throw at, at tradition as its opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we have religion and science, which appear to be separate, but what we'll talk about later aren't actually. And uh, love and reason, this idea that you can speak with the heart or the head, um, the mortality of the individual and the immortality of God, time and the eternal in that, very, in that same way, uh, and even kind of cultural mirroring uh, going on. So what, what I was immediately, I was immediately drawn into this language because what he's seeming to do from the outset, and this was, again, me as a kind of a layperson falling into Iqbal, was that what I saw was that he's, he's sort of describing this poetic voice of the individual as almost like a boat floating about in this sea of duality. And the question that I was seeing him posing virtually on every page was that how do we steer the ship amidst the ocean of change, so to speak, and, and God being the eternal or immutable unchangeable center or the whole, the entire sphere of these dualities, if we want to look at it in that way, would be the only changeless part in that, within that existence that we then find ourselves. And, uh, and so how do we navigate our relationship to the divine through this incredible host? He's basically describing, uh, nature, the nature of reality. And he's asking, what's our place in the nature of reality? And so I think that that is a good place to start because he's he's taking on the whole thing, and then what we're left to do now is is to see how this manifested itself within his own lifetime. But why are we continuing to talk about it? And I'm looking forward to to going further on that. But so
3: so, so the, the the idea for the the inception, this idea for a documentary, where, where did that come from? Why why, why did you think that you'd do a documentary on it?
4: So one of the things that my my wife, who is also a documentary filmmaker, and um, she's working on a film about some young women in Lebanon right now. And um, often when you, when you set out to make a documentary film, uh, most filmmakers will tell you, and this is usually true. There are maybe very few exceptions is that obviously making a film is uh, there are financial considerations involved. There's technical considerations involved. How are we going to do it? Which cameras are going to be going to use? It's an emotional process because it involves real people. And you have, from a documentary perspective, you are tasked with the responsibility of getting something right. And of course, what does it mean to get it right? Um, And that problem can be compounded when that individual is no longer alive. Of course, Zikbal died in 1938. Um, And so most of the films that I work on are are more verite, what we would call um, documentary verite or direct cinema where you're filming with people. Um, obviously we did uh, interviews where we had um, people that we were filming with, but in this case, the main subject wasn't there. So we're tasked with this with this problem of, of trying to get it right um, when you, you don't have that, the luxury of being able to speak with that person. But what I was gonna say is one of the things that we my wife and I talk about a lot, especially when we're looking at new projects, is should this be a, a film? Should this be a documentary? Uh, because I think a lot of people, especially so, it's, you know, often when you it, from the this, from the side of making a thing, the thought is, well, let's lead with passion, right? Oh, this is exciting. This this information is is something worth diving into. Um, but it's really important because you know it's a process that can take several years. And in the case of this film, now it's been a little while. We started in two thousand six, and I think it, we finished in two thousand nine. And then, you know, around, so it was a three or four year process, which when it, when it comes to documentary films is actually pretty short. Um, I've definitely, we've worked on films that have taken 10 years. Really? And this, this is a film that we could have spent a lifetime working on because of the amount of material that goes into it. So the question is, should could this be a podcast? Should this be a book? Um, because of the fact that we can't film with Iqbal, uh, you know, should we still make a movie? And what we, what we landed on was that, we thought, no, this should be a film. Um, I was still in film school at the time, so it, it sort of, in a sense, became a, a thesis film for me, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a challenge because I, want, I, was, I was obsessed with this idea that I thought these ideas that I, you know, I was encountering for the first time, which were certainly firing all cylinders in my brain, uh, deserved uh, a, a visual interpretation but also, I, th- I my my feeling was that in the nature in the tradition of Iqbal, that, that we should have an English language film that also tries to introduce Iqbal's work to a Western audience or reintroduce um, Iqbal in a popular context because obviously he's he's known throughout the world and revered throughout the world. But um, at that time, and uh, there hadn't been a film about Iqbal uh, produced in English, and so that seemed like something that seemed like a great place to start.
3: So it's, it's interesting, right? To to most of our audience here today, he is Shari Mashriq, you know, the poet of the East or mufakkar pakistan the, the spiritual father of Pakistan. But uh, he, in so many ways, shaped the colonial and post-colonial forces of not just culture and politics, but also religion in, in almost a, an Indian subcontinent context to, to inspire an Indo-Pakistani Muslim nationalism. And then that eventually led to the creation of Pakistan, but how does the rest of the world see him? What is the relevance of him there? How do, how, how does the Western part of the world look at Iqbal and and, and see him as something? Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating. Uh, so you know, it's t- tying this
4: idea in uh, both sort of the local context of Iqbal to the sort of more sort of more global relevance, if we want to say, or there's something that extends beyond the localization of of his time was is something that obviously Iqbal wrote a lot about and we have the quote in the beginning of the film that says you know many a poet was born before their own time and and, and blossoms like the roses over the earth of his grave um, he and, and we'll get to this even further uh, but why why how what what does that mean why how how is is that just being cocky that i'm you know my ideas will be important later the the reason that Iqbal is is important beyond the subcontinent beyond beyond just a subset of people in, you know, in, in India and Pakistan or just within the Ummah or, or just within kind of Islamic tradition is because precisely his work is built through the, the big questions of life, which are, who are we? You know, why are we here? How do we know God? How can we participate in that which is good? And what I get passionate about Iqbal and why I think that we are still talking about him yeah, his curiosity uh, and his ability is intelligence uh, to look at the nature of reality and then to question our role within it mm-hmm. very seriously, both within tradition and then without, outside of tradition, uh, is immediate and 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 cuts right to the heart of I think most things that we we can't ignore when we talk about. Uh, any tradition of inquiry, but certainly within, uh, it it falls into place within mystical tradition. But as we know, uh, many of us know that Iqbal, uh, you know, is a very serious Islamic reformer. And so one of the, what is, what remains very interesting is that he's rooted in his tradition, but he's asking the larger questions. And so how does that manifest itself? Um, How do we tie past and present together? Well, Within the context of British rule at the t- at the time in which he was living, there there was this sense that there was a, a huge lamentation about the condition of of Muslims in the subcontinent at that time, and what and the, what is the self when the self is being subjugated? Where is the dignity in that? And w- what he saw was a type of mysticism that was a response to this. That he actually critiques Sufism or parts of Sufism quite quite harshly, that saying that the self can't be extinguished, the self can't be lost in God. You know, this is to be kind of brushing it in broad strokes, Um, but that rather we have to take action within the self, that the self is this, the self, if we want to take one step back, reality itself is a function of egohood. And so we are obviously all selves. And what is the greatest self other than God, right? Right. And he defines that, and we'll, we'll go into this more deeply, but he defines the self or the hoodie as, as essentially that thing or a state of tension, a creative state of tension, which whereby is the only way, actually, that we can engage with reality, period. There is no other thing. So the hoodie, the self, is reality. But what then becomes very important is how we understand what, what the self is and how we, how we are essentially utilizing the self to engage with the world at any time. So he's saying, no, we can't let the self become extinguished in this sort of you know, wishy-washy idea that God is everything in this pantheistic sense. He, yes, God is everything, but it's everything through a series of self-realized individuals, which themselves... Function on a strata of egohood, you know, and and of course he was a big uh, proponent and follower of Rumi, and Rumi has kind of many verses that deal with this, but this idea: why should I fear death when I, you know, I was born, I, I was di- I died as a plant and or died as a mineral and was born as a plant. I died as a, you know, I had a life as a plant, died as the died as that, became an animal, and became a man. He's charting a spiritual trajectory in that that I think Igbal takes that same idea in the sense and says that reality being a function of the ego has a responsibility to see itself within all things and to, to, to come towards the task of being present in a way where we can root ourselves within the moment we find ourselves. So another thing we can talk a little bit more about, but uh, and we certainly will, is that tradition then has to meet the times, and it has a responsibility to remain relevant both for the individual, for the self, and how, how we need to move within, within time and space, because this is what we are. This is fundamentally what we are as people, and Iqbal sees the Quran as synonymous with this. He sees it, uh, and, and and indeed spends a good chunk of his life um, trying to extrapolate these thoughts. So we'll go a little bit more into it in terms, certainly in terms of reconstruction of religious thought in Islam, which is, of course, one of the most famous uh, works that he puts out. In a sense, even though it's not what he's known for, it's it's a collection of of lectures really that um, are then published in 1930. So it's closer to, to the end of his uh, life, but um, but really what we're talking about here is navigating this sort of relationship of the self within this space and time in which it exists. And so one of the things that Iqbal does in, um, in around 1915, when Einstein is publishing, uh, at the same time Einstein publishes his theory, general theory of relativity, uh, Iqbal immediately is commenting on this. He sees, oh well, this is this, what are we seeing here? These, these are, these the implications of this are huge. He's like, not only are we are, are we going to, uh, is classical physics going to have to reinterpret itself? But now we have to rethink, and 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 indeed this is in line with the nature of reality that he's already set out. But we have to rethink our place within this, and and. Indeed, this is what he sees that uh, is already synonymous what, with what the Qur'an describes. And so we'll, we'll jump more into that, but I'll, I'll leave it there.
3: Should we go and um, look at another clip from the documentary? Sure, please, yeah. why don't we do that.
2: In peace and turbulent times, Iqbal remarried twice after his return from Europe. His first marriage had come to an end, and though he supported his wife financially until his death, his eldest son, Aftab, would never forgive his father. In November of 1914, both Iqbal's mother and his daughter, Miraj, passed away. Amidst tragedy at home and the mounting tensions of World War I, Iqbal began writing a book in Persian titled The Secrets of the Self. Influenced greatly by Rumi, it was a call to action and an illustration of the power we have as individuals.
3: He was very aware of the novelty of his thought, the irreverence of his questioning and the task ahead of him. But he was going on and on about the question of how do you awaken the mind?
0: The form of existence is an effect of the self. Everything you see is a secret of the self. When the self awoke to consciousness, It revealed the universe of thought. A hundred words are hidden in its essence. Self-affirmation brings not-self to light. By the self, the seed of opposition is sown in the world. It imagines itself to be other than itself, and it makes from itself the forms of others.
2: Life, to Iqbal, could only be described in terms of experience, and experience is a function of the ego, or the self. The personality of a self must be defined in terms of its own action. So the movements of the universe, from atoms to galaxies, are various expressions of this same organization. Iqbal believed consciousness was not just a property of humankind, but a vital process of cosmic development. I
0: think the distinction of spirit and body has done a lot of harm. Man is essentially a
2: force, or rather a combination of forces. Just as self-realization must be actualized by individuals, so too must communities discover their own identity.
3: The self has layers, and we only sort of, as it were, scratch the surface or get an inch down in our lifetime, and we don't know the depths of the possibilities of our own being.
2: The situation in the subcontinent was changing rapidly, and by the time the First World War had ended in 1918, well over one million Indians had served the British with the hopes of achieving self-government. When this did not happen, the vast disappointment ushered in a new era of unrest in the communities of India. By this time, Iqbal had become a well-respected poet, not just in the Punjab, but throughout South Asia and parts of Europe. In Lahore, people would visit Iqbal's home regularly. Everyone from students to politicians sought advice, and all were welcome. He would rarely leave his house. His days were divided between reading, writing, and discussions that could run late into the night, covering topics ranging from the nature of existence to the communal problems of India. Becoming ever more respected as a man of the people, his work continued to express his main convictions about the changing political landscape. Iqbal continually tried to appeal to the West through his writing, but his message was not being received. The people of India, however, were listening.
0: The inner turmoil of the nations is precursor to some great spiritual and cultural change. The great war of Europe was an apocalypse. It has annihilated the old world order in nearly every dimension. Nature is now creating a new Adam and a new world to suit him in the depths of life from the ashes of culture and civilization. And we can see a vague glimpse of this in the writings of Einstein.
2: Before the term quantum mechanics had been coined, Iqbal understood Einstein's theory of relativity as an opportunity for religion and science to find common ground. This new world Einstein was describing mirrored the one Iqbal had been waiting for. It was an opportunity to take a deeper look at what had gone unquestioned for centuries. In his writing, he says, Classical physics
0: has learned to criticize its own foundations. As a result of this criticism, the kind of materialism which it
2: originally necessitated is rapidly disappearing. Iqbal shared Einstein's assertion that the highest achievements of science came from a cosmic religious feeling of the universe. This humble appreciation of the mystery of one's own being was a feeling Iqbal believed the modern world had begun to lose. The only way to preserve this mystery in one's own life was through love, more than a mere emotion, but as a mystical force as Rumi had also described. Love as an active awareness gives vision to our world and infuses human action with a higher purpose.
0: Beyond the stars, there are other worlds. Beyond the heavens, there are still more worlds. The test of love goes beyond all of these worlds. You only exist in so far as you love. If you do not love, you do not exist.
3: So, so Jerem, Jemma, can you hear me? Yeah. Jemma, this notion of of uh, of khudi, the the uh, mystical love and and traditional Islam as, as a notion of of uh, of as a force for good in the world, uh, how does how does that make um, Iqbal's uh, ideas about them consistent with the world we live in today? How relevant are they to the world we live in?
4: It's interesting when we think about. To pick, to start where we stopped there, this yeah. idea of love, right? So we we're talking earlier about this idea of the sort of the Sufism of extinction, yeah. which you know, often you could use this very flowery language of uh, I'm lost in my in the beloved and the in the beloved and the love uh, the love you know, the, this the lover and the beloved are are the same and and these types of ideas I think. Iqbal what Iqbal saw as a danger in that thinking is that is again what we were saying earlier is that the individual can be lost in that which of course there's a there's a reading of that which can be good but I think for his purposes what he's also saying is there's a reading of that which can be bad which is that you don't take responsibility for your actions you don't feel uh, compelled to to do something to take ownership of your action and in fact what he's actually doing and this is fascinating is uh is flipping it and he's saying that if the fundamental purpose of reality is based on the ego, how do we define the ego? The ego or the hoodie, the self gains attributes. In fact, becomes itself through seeking that which it desires. Through its desire, it becomes what it is not. You, so through I become what I, I am through getting rid of what I used to be. And how do I do that? I do that through desire, through love, and so there is a dissolution there's an element of dissolution in the sense that that love is both an expansion of the self and a contraction of it depending upon how you want to look at it but what iqbal is saying is that this is describing a movement and that not only is it describing a movement it is describing action and it is something that is tangible it is something that we can put our hands on and say this is essentially the function of who we are and that this is ultimately uh, what really describes what reality is, if we wanna look deeply. So when he's saying that if we do not love, we do not exist, he's saying that if we, if we function solely on reason, if we function solely on what science is obsessed with, objective reality of, of the world of, of quantities and, and ignore the world of quality, uh, if we ignore the self which, which views and indeed is the only thing that participates in that, uh, there, we then then we are missing the entire show we are we are missing the whole reality basically and so what's fascinating is that it, it and of course he talks a lot about this this kind of uh, again talking about the opposites of this idea of of love and reason and uh, so this is a major fundamental element of his thinking But one of the things that's really interesting, and again, the the danger here, and this is what's fascinating, if you read Iqbal deeply,
3: you
4: you could fall into a sort of pantheism. He doesn't do that. You could fall into, I mean, he's very critical of scientific materialism, which he sees as being a fundamental uh, mistake or a rather a misstep that science, science is always going to uh, just like this is the danger of tradition. Uh, he said anything that stops is going to find its its own identification within its last realization. Uh, so think our thinking has to continually evolve and love is essentially that movement. It's the desire for knowledge. It's the desire for, to, to lose the, and so he's in a sense validating some elements of Sufism, but doing it in a way that is completely active and in a way that he sees is more in in alignment with uh, this forward momentum. So he, of course, he goes to Europe, he's studying there and he comes back with some of this knowledge. He's very vocal about his interest in Western thinkers. He speaks a lot of Bergson and Nietzsche and uh, Goethe and a lot of all of these different people. And, um, but he's seeing this as a necessary part of the movement forward. So um, one of the things I was going to touch on later, but I've kind of brought myself to here now, is that uh, tradition, and this is said in the film very eloquently by one of the speakers, uh, Suleiman Bashir, is that tradition is about what is worth carrying forward in the movement of life. And sure. so tradition by itself is, is not something that we, ha- we hand down from stone tablet from one generation to the next with no changes. There's there's absolutely no way that that will work. What that becomes is fundamentalism. That becomes conservatism. That becomes stagnant. It doesn't. It, at at best it stops speaking to the people of the time who live within that time. And at worst, it creates a it's a it creates a sort of calcification of thought that no longer has any basis in the reality with which it sits. And then can actually create the conditions for us to not only oppress one another but certainly. Completely cuts us off from God, and so how, so what does this mean for Islam? Iqbal defines, uh, essentially defines, and through this is through the God, this is through uh, the Quran itself. He's he's saying, verily, I, I reveal myself through the the succession of days and nights. He said, this is God. The God is essentially we can see the behavior of God in the, the of evolution of nature. So what does that mean? It means that by it's by that definition alone, we have to look for God in that, which changes. And of course, God is, is the ultimate thing that does not change. It's the, it's the ultimate fundamental constant, yeah. but everything within it has to, has to live within this element of change. And so, we cannot vilify time because we are time. And, and time is the way in which God, we participate with God.
3: And so, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Jim. I was going to say that, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes is, is hardly enough time to even, it's like being on the shores of a cosmic ocean. You could just talk about Iqbal and still not finish. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we are running out of time and I'm, I'm, I'm keen that perhaps we could, have another quick recitation um, sure. from uh, from Iqbal, and then perhaps perhaps play the, the final clip. But before that, do you want to just maybe read a couple of lines from his New Year's address, which which best encapsulates a lot of things that he said? Do you think we yeah, have yeah. time for that?
4: Sure, for sure. And actually, you know, the last thing I want to say is that in the reconstruction of religious thought in Islam, and I, get, I I want everybody to go read it if you haven't, and it, it can be a little bit of a deep dive he he's essentially describing our place within the universe as uh he he goes on in one point to say that uh, mystical experience is essentially some, some completely in in sync with everyday experience and so he's he's saying that we have access to uh the divine basically in every moment and that prayer prayer is essentially a form of inquiry into the absolute nature of reality through that experience which. Is available to everybody. So, what's really important is that this is accessible to all of us. Is that essentially prayer or or the scientific inquiry is about longing. It's about it's about curiosity and is that which places us at the seat of the divine and it is accessible to us all. And so, when he's talking in his uh, New Year's Eve address, which is the la- one uh, probably the last thing that he certainly speaks publicly. Uh, in 1938, on January 1st, which uh, we've talked about, I, I haven't been able to find a recording of. It. I would love to be able to find a recording, but luckily we have the transcript. He is lamenting in that moment. Of course, we're at the seat of World War II, um, and unfortunately, I mean, rather unfortunately, the, all this is all too relevant. All, all of the things that he's talking about, uh, you can swap out some of the specifics, but essentially, it's it's the same problems. And but the good news is is that. Iqbal has given us the tools to solve this problem, which is that the secret of the self—we have to know who we are. So, in in this, uh, I'm not going to be able to read the whole thing. I'll read the last paragraph. He says, uh, "So the irony, of course, of Iqbal in in some ways is that he's very anti-nationalist, and yet at the same time, he becomes the father of Pakistan. Um, and uh, of course, I think he 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 would love he would love Pakistan and he would love Pakistanis, and he's very his entire life." is built around trying to empower Muslims. But at the same time, he, he goes on to say, right before he dies, so long as this so-called democracy, this accursed nationalism, this degraded imperialism are not shattered, so long as men do not demonstrate by their actions that they believe that the whole world is the family of God, so long as distinctions of race, color, geographical nationality are not wiped out completely, they will never be able to lead a happy and contented life. And the beautiful ideals of liberty, equality, and fraternity will never materialize. Let us therefore begin the new year with the prayer that God Almighty may grant humanity to those who are in places of power and government and teach them to cherish mankind. And it's a beautiful sentiment. I mean, you should go and read the whole thing. It's online. And uh, if we had more time, I'd read it all for you. But um, he's very critical of people in power. And he says that you have a responsibility like the rest of us. If we're going to live in the type of world that we want to, that we... We have to treat everyone equally. We have to respect these traditions. That, in fact, that we all come from the same place and that um, this is sort of what's beautiful about the human experience, ultimately.
3: Great. Thank you so much. Ken, I, I don't know if we have time for for question answers, uh, Daud, or,
1: or should we just play the last clip and finish it? Um, I think we better... Move on, I suspect, yes. Um, okay, okay, Jeremiah, thank
3: you ever so much for, for, for coming along today and, and being a part of this. We, we, could, we could go on talking.
4: We certainly could, and we're we happy to do that in the future. If people want to continue speaking about it Iqbal, and uh, we, we can continue having the conversation after the Zoom, but thanks so much for having me. Uh, part of the festival. Thank, you. thank
3: you. Thank you so much, inshallah. inshallah. Is some purpose yet to come? You have to attain certain
0: heights, and that can only be possible if you realize what your significance is.
3: And what we have to do for ourselves as individuals is just first of all know ourselves. That's why if you're speaking to any young person and you say, What is the message
2: Ball? The secret of the self, you have to know who you are. Iqbal's final poem was titled, The Human Being. To know and
0: see is so easy in the world. Nothing may stay hidden, for this universe is made of light. The nature's veil is translucent if one is willing to see. Far too visible are the angels' faint smiles. This world is an invitation for the human being to look. For every secret is given an instinct to come out of hiding. If I am the end of all, then what lies beyond? Where lies the limit of my unending adventures?
2: In our changing world, the task set before us is always new. Our quest is manageable only when we can understand who we are before we face the challenges of each new obstacle. Iqbal is a powerful figure for us to recognize today, as he reminds us to be critical of all the forces that distract us from the essence of life. He was trying to give us the power not just to confront our destiny, but to create it as we believe it should be.
0: For more podcasts, search for RR365 wherever you get your podcasts.